Hey, retro lovers. Welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your hosts, Alex and Brandon. So I'm Alex. And I'm Jocelyn. And this is Nostalgia Junkies. Here at Nostalgia Junkies, we talk about all the great 80s and 90s pop culture, action figures, video games, movies. You have it. If it was nostalgic and you grew up with it, we're talking about it. It's a really fun time. And normally the guests have more uh, more input than I do. But I'm here for, here not for a long time, but for a good time. Yeah, so if you don't remember, Jocelyn had joined us for a while when Brandon was gone when he just his wife and he had a kid. But Jocelyn is back as Brandon's taking a quick little break before we get into our season finale. We have a few more episodes in our season finale. I'm pinch hitting. Yes, uh, it was a last minute substitution, but we didn't <laughs> want to deviate from our topics. We're going to be talking about video games today, specifically Nintendo video games in the Nintendo's 80s and 90s. Honestly, this is not my strong suit, but I will do my best from what I have gleaned from you and Brandon. Jocelyn, unfortunately, I'm probably going to get some flack for saying this, but Jocelyn is actually, uh, she was a spawn of Satan child. She uh, oh. grew up on PlayStation. She PlayStation. was not one of the cool kids with the Nintendos. No, I had a PlayStation. It was great. Listen, I don't know what all, you're talking about. We all know that the cool kids had PlayStations because <laughs> I had Nintendo and I was not a cool kid. Hi, I'm, I would just like to say that uh, if you've met me, you know that I am not a cool kid. So wish very, that I could be like the cool kids. It's very appropriate I to my so. life. We were actually video game hunting not too long ago. because this, this is one of the interesting things with you on the podcast is it's not Brandon and I like going back like, hey, what did you do this past week? Because you and I, for most time, are together. Yeah, we do the same things. So, All the time. <laughs> so you actually, uh, this is this was the topic I was going to bring up with Brandon today, but you were actually there with when this pissed me off. Like this has happened oh, at a yeah. few different places. Mm-hmm. Like it's been at a few antique malls, a few flea markets, and a few local video game chain stores. Mm-hmm. The do not buy shelf. Yes, you are not happy with that. So at it, all, if you're not familiar with it, what a do not buy shelf is. When you walk into like an antique mall, like one of the booths, and they have like all the cool merchandise, and then you're looking around on the walls, and then usually like behind the register or up on a shelf, register adjacent, there's a shelf of like usually some higher dollar, more like hard to find collectible items. And then there's sometimes a small, like I've seen it as small as a business card where it says do not buy or not available for purchase. Yep. When it's a big store, I get it, like having that do not buy shelf. Cause like sometimes, like, you know, you just wanna show off one cool thing. But when you're a small, like, little flea market antique mall booth, you're wasting your space. Yeah, that is something people tend to outweigh the profitability margin for that. I know that when I would go thrifting or antiquing with my stepdad, even, he would see these really cool pieces in stores and he'd walk up to the owners and just be like, how much for this? And a lot of times they'd say, oh, it's not for sale. And he's like, all right, well, if you come up with a price, let me know. And then, like, he'd walk away, and sometimes he'd end up getting the piece because, you know, it pieces do sell for the right price. Exactly. Well, unless it's something that's very near and dear to the owner's heart. I don't know. You still got that My Pet Monster. That is true. But from Brimfield. He, he didn't have a do not buy shelf. He brought it as a decoration, but Brimfield is not the do not buy. No. Brim, if Brimfield bring- is the, I brought it here to get rid of it. 
Yeah, there's a possibility of letting it go if you bring it out into the light of day at Brimfield. Jocelyn, the perfect like example that I have for people that are still a little confused about a do not buy shelf. Yep. Do not buy shelf is like flea market clickbait. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I was at Antique Mall with Mom about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It was like just stuffed to the gills with movies and video games and action figures. And one of the things that I absolutely love are those little BD&A like Nintendo plushies. So if yeah. you're not familiar, BDNA was a company that made Nintendo plushies that they're just they're from the late 80s and early 90s and just kind of derpy looking. Mm-hmm. And I have a Mario one. I have the Bowser one. I have the Yoshi one, the Donkey Kong. I've seen the Wario one online, but I've never seen the Diddy Kong one. And this place had the Diddy Kong BDNA plushie. And I'm like, this would be perfect to pair with Donkey Kong. And I'm like, sir, how much for the Diddy Kong plushie? And he proceeds to tell me a story about how he's been a lifelong Nintendo collector and he just wanted to have some stuff that he loved looking at inside of his store. You're a flea market that's only open on the weekends. I love collectors. I love talking with collectors. He and I had a great conversation about collecting. Mm -hmm. But don't put stuff in your store that's not for sale. Yeah, they of course, they put their their top dollar items, like their prized Mm -hmm. possessions, their rare finds. Almost as like a teaser, like, hey, look at what we've had in the store before. But no, you can't have this. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I have an issue with. Like, if you want to share like the cool stuff that you have, then maybe, I don't know, post photos online or have a photo of it framed in your space, not the actual item. So people know it's not here. You can't buy it. This is at my house. I think it definitely shows the difference between People who collect for themselves Mm -hmm. and people who collect to show off. Yeah. We have a lot of really cool ways of displaying our stuff. Yeah. Post it on Instagram. If you want people to see it, post it on Instagram. That's what what we do. Or, you know, make a podcast about it. Wow. That was was kind of a a dig at the podcast you're on right now. It wasn't. I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you're not over here like saying, oh, look at all this, buy this stuff that we have. It's it's just fun to highlight it sometimes. So I mm-hmm. get the highlighting fun aspect, but I don't get the taking up of possible profit space. And this is where I'm going to bring up the last instance that we saw when we were together, which I just think took it to a new level. I'm not going to say the name of the store because you know what? We've gotten some really good deals there in the past. Yeah. But they took the do not buy shelf to a new level. One of the big things that you know that I absolutely love are the advertising VHS tapes. Yeah, you love those. They're real cool. I didn't even mm-hmm. think they existed. So like when you used to like back in the 90s, like walk into Walmart or Toys R Us and there'd be like that CRT display that'd be running like new games coming to a store near you. And you'd watch like, a- like the trailer for Banjo Kazooie or Majora's Mask or Hey You Pikachu. There is a VHS tape behind that, and they actually had some really cool promotional art, and I've loved collecting those. With the store we were at, Mm -hmm. they had the Banjo-Kazooie tape, the Majora's Mask tape, and the original N64 promotional tape. So like when it was advertising, like, hey, we're actually going to be selling this new system, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, that would be a really cool thing to have in the collection. And I saw that they had a Do Not Buy shelf. And so it wasn't on the do not buy shelf, which is why I asked about it. And the guy says, oh, no, we actually ran out of space on the do not buy shelf. These tapes were on the shelves with all the regular systems for purchase. Mm -hmm. And like, 
have shopping there regularly. I wasn't going to argue with them. But that just kind of took it to a new level. You ran out of space because you have so much stuff in your store that's not available for purchase that you had to start taking up retail space with stuff that's not available for purchase. I don't know if this is just me reading into the the way that he was speaking about it, but it's like, couldn't you just know that that was supposed to be part of the do not buy? Yeah. Like, it felt like he just was kind of being demeaning about it. Like, yeah, like, don't you know that this is like a real collector's item? It gets a weird vibe. There are people who are definitely like, they want to hear like about all of your small pickups and all of your little pickups. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are like, oh, you're not a real collector if you don't have this grail piece or you don't have a specific type of grail. And it's, or, just, it's just weird. Or if you don't know something about the collection that you're pursuing, which I'm sorry, there are so many things to know about all these different collections. If you're starting out or in the middle of your collection mm-hmm. or, you know, just finding enjoyment in it, you don't have to know everything about it and you shouldn't be like looked down on. That's one of the cool things about collecting culture. There's always going to be something new to learn. Oh, yeah. And like one of the big things that I also love, it's really just advertising like jargon. I love all the advertising crap, whether it's VHS tapes, little figures, signs. I love it. it you could really tell that I was I'm a consumerist capitalist child. <laughs> like I, I did not want to grow up. I just want Toys R Us commercials 24 seven. You are a marketing materials, man. But I found a really cool thing uh, actually today. Burger King used to do the Burger King's Club, which is like their Ronald McDonald Playhouse, but Burger King. And I've been collecting like the little like mascots and the little nerd one, which kind of looks like, you know, uh, Arnold from Magic School Bus. Yeah. Was his name is IQ. Yep. I found a crossover between Burger King's Club and Troll Dolls. No way. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I've never seen this before. I didn't even know that they did crossovers with advertising promotions for Burger King mascots. I mean, it doesn't surprise me when you look at all the stuff that they were trying to do to draw kids in from McDonald's to Burger King in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it just I that's what I love is that there's always something new to learn. And I mean, it's the same thing we saw with the street sharks. You know, we we knew about street sharks. We were collecting much of the street sharks. And you then you knew a lot about street par- sharks. I, I knew a lot you about street were sharks. Collecting the street I have sharks. force fed you the information about street <laughs> sharks. But even like down to the sneakers that we bought like a couple yeah. of years ago, like we bought these kids sneakers for, you know, uh, like to have in one day a future child be able to wear. Yeah. But then this past week, we even got the street shark jacket. Yeah. It's just like this cool mail away stuff that never really got good advertising promotion. And that's one of the things that with the 80s and 90s like nostalgia, if it hasn't been preserved, it, it's kind of lost to time until it resurfaces again. Yep. And if it doesn't resurface, it's truly lost to time. Yeah. I think the 80s and 90s stuff has been, um, you know, coming back to being documented as everyone's going through their parents' basements and garages and stuff and going, hey, do you remember this? And posting it on their Instagram or on Tumblr even. And then you get the whole rabbit trails or Reddit and having a whole rabbit trails of information of people remembering, I got this when I went to Burger King and, and you know, we got this many meals or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like you said, it's lost to time. There wasn't any internet around really to document it in like the way that we have it now. Where well, everything's unless recorded. you liked Beanie Babies. If you liked Beanie Babies, everything was documented. Well, that's because you know, that was the greatest investment of the 90s. Beanie Babies and Cabbage Patch Kids, I think. You could not pay me to buy a Cabbage Patch box. <laughs> no. What about the Cabbage Patch doll that accidentally ate kids fingers? That might be okay. That might be the only Cabbage Patch that I would actually want to have in the collection. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable paying for that. I think that if it was a gift, I would definitely find a spot for it. It would not be a pristine shelf. But, you know, who wouldn't want the snack time kid or whatever? I don't remember what his name was. I, I screw up the name all the time. But the oh, yeah. kid that basically just had the motorized mouth and just would scalp children. Yeah. Why don't we start getting into actually what we're talking about tonight? I'm really Which nervous about is this. Nintendo. I'm really nervous about this. Don't worry. So the first thing we're gonna be doing tonight is just ranking the Nintendo systems. I have a, a tier list that I'm gonna pull up on a laptop. Okay. And it is just S tier through F tier. And so if you're not familiar with the S tier ranking system, S is superior. And then it's just like your normal grade school A, B, C, D. There's an E in there and F. What does E stand for? Eh. <laughs> Got S to superior, F for, frankly, it's not good. Huh. I yeah, I'd uh, I'd be uh-huh. careful there. Yep. Technically, we're only ranking the Nintendo home consoles, so the handheld, DS, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Pocket, SP, none of that is being counted. Okay, so anything that did not have a screen attached to it, you had to attach a screen. No. Anything that was not designed to be a solely portable device. Is there a system that I'm not thinking of that would Probably. qualify? This is also going to kind of test your knowledge. I don't like this. Of the consoles. So I thought I had a really good like. You thought you had it. I thought I did. We're going to go chronological order. Okay. Okay. So remember, we are doing this S through F tier. There's S, A, B, C, D, E, and F. S the best, F the worst. So, Jocelyn, what do you think Nintendo's first home console was? The NES? The NES. So, for those of you that don't know, the NES, or the Nintendo Entertainment System, was originally called the Famicom, which was released in Japan in 1983, and then was branded as the Nintendo Entertainment System, and was sold in America in 1985. Out of this ranking, I know I know where I would put this, because I've given this a lot of thought, because, you know... I'm the one that planned this. So I obviously gave it a lot of thought, like many things. Yeah, you give a lot of things a lot of thought. Sometimes too much. Yeah. Where, just where would you th- want to put it? The NES? The NES. Um, I think it would be, like, wait, I'm sorry. Is this across all of those gaming systems? Like, for its time or across all the systems? I'm kind of thinking from like now, like I know the system was good then, Mm -hmm. but has it lasted the test of time? Okay. Then I would probably give it a C. That that's kind of where I would put it. I think the NES was really good in the fact that it had a very, very, very vast game library. Like there were over a thousand games for the NES. Yeah. I would not say that they're all a thousand good games. Mm hmm. Like there are a lot of this that are straight arcade ports where they just took whatever the arcade game was and sold it for a ridiculous amount of money mm-hmm. for you to play it at home. 
And I think the lack of a save feature on the NES has kind of killed it. That being said, some of my favorite games, actually my favorite game of all time is an NES game. Super Mario Brothers 3. I was going to say. I love Super Mario Brothers 3. So we have the NES sitting in the C tier. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to give you the date that the next system came out? Would that like help or do you think you know what the next one was? Was it the SNES? The SNES. Yep. So after the release of the NES, we had the Super Famicom in Japan and the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in America. The Super Famicom was released in 1990, while the SNES was released in 1991. Mm-hmm. Where do you think it should this should fall? Like, should the SNES be an S tier, or does it deserve the S tier solely because it has the word Super in it, <laughs> or should it fall down a little bit? You know, I think. Now, you could save with the SNES, right? You could save with the SNES. It did have a save state. I think just because of its longevity, it didn't have crazy controls where you needed a bunch of stuff. I think it's honestly an A. An A? Like, because I remember playing the SNES when I was babysitting kids, and we didn't have one at our house, and I was able to just, like, jump in and play with them, and they Mm -hmm. kicked my butt. But... Like, it was super simple. It wasn't out of the way. Like, I don't know. I feel like if I tried to play video games with kids today, I'd get my butt handed to me even worse. But Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have any idea what's going on. At least with that, I was just like, I have terrible timing. I I think, like, that's where, like, you know, you know, have the uncanny valley with, like, how animation is generated. Yeah. Where it's, like, realistic versus creepiness. Mm -hmm. I think the SNES hits that sweet spot as in, Ease of gameplay and what the graphics were. Mm-hmm. Like at the time, the Super Nintendo, it was the peak of its time. Like it's the peak graphics that they had, the peak motive, the peak animation control, peak just honestly, ergonomics of controllers. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I, this is where, like, so this is how I grew up on Super Mario Brothers 3 was I had the game Super Mario All Stars, which was like a compilation of a bunch of the NES games. Mm-hmm. So really, like my first introduction to the Super Nintendo was playing the NES ports to the mm. Super Nintendo. And just that easy platformer style, it was so great. And I think that's really one of the reasons why I love platformers on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, because you grew up with them. Mm-hmm. Well, that and like then you go to Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. You go to Bubsy. But it's all the same format, so you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. It's that perfect like Venn diagram of ease of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And complexity of, I don't want to say puzzle puzzle solving, but like, yeah, just I think getting puzzle. your way through. You couldn't just hold the butt, hold the D pad to the right, and just jump every now and then. You actually had to go back and forth and move around the platform. Yeah, drove me nuts, but yes. I mean, there there are definitely some games on the NES and the SNES that are platformers that should burn in hell. Like, <laughs> I love Battletoads, but for the love of God, Battletoads is such a difficult game. Mm-hmm. But they they could do that. Mm-hmm. They could build a super difficult game, but they could also build games that were family friendly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Super Nintendo, A tier. Next system. What do you think it was? I don't know. Now, now is when I get confused. Okay, I'll tell you this. It came out in 1995. I don't think that's helping me very much. I was two years old. What if I tell you it's a system everybody hates and probably only I love? I should know this, but I, I is it? It is the Virtual Boy. 
Oh, I forgot about him. Oh, is that that's the screen? Is that the screen one that you were like? That's why you were, you were asking work? me that caveat, and I'm like, mm, not really. That's because it's a visor screen. I was talking about like an actual like, yeah, screen. No, like goggles. That, that's why I'm like, I I can't tell you yes that it's a TV screen because it's not a TV screen and it's it's not really a port out to a TV screen. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the Virtual Boy, because you weren't one of the, I think it was a hundred thousand people in the U.S. that bought one back in 1995, because it is the worst-selling video game system of all time. The mm -hmm. Virtual Boy was Nintendo's foray into virtual reality gaming back in the mid '90s. Yep. And all the graphics it was like a 3D style visor you'd put on the mount and have to your face. Yeah. And you would play. And the graphics and the entire screen was just done with red and black pixels and lines. One thing I will say about the Virtual Boy, while the gaming was not that great on the Virtual Boy, and it was known for causing migraines and headaches, which is one of the reasons why I was quickly discontinued, I love it. I love odds and ends and weird things. And for me, that is right up my video game alley. And I, we have three games on that right now. We have Telero Boxer, Mario Tennis and Mario Clash. And I will tell you this, all those games are really fun. Like, the, is the gameplay the quality of an SNES? Of course not. But is it fun to play? Yes. Yes, it is. And I, I love it, which for me, I would probably put it at a D tier. I feel like I've got to go E. E? Yeah. Really? I'm sorry. You're like, going to hurt me like this? I am going to hurt you like this because you needed so many components to play it. So like right now, we don't even have the stand for it. You have to. Yes, we do. Oh, we do? Yes, okay. we do. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. Um, But so if you didn't have the stand, like when we first got it, you had to sit at the edge of the couch with okay. it, with your face into the couch couch basically so you yeah, could we had to watch straddle it. the ottoman yeah so you, know you could play so, the game i okay i i will i will <laughs> concede and i will put it down to the e tier solely because of the complexity to play mm -hmm. like and also because yeah, i'm thinking about all the technical issues that happen with the game and the health issues so you know yes i will i will concede and virtual boy i refuse to put it in f tier because i feel like an f tier has to be it is an unplayable system like yeah. the system explodes upon impact or like they didn't even have like there were no good games yeah. it was just terrible operating mm -hmm. but where i say you know it's definitely unique here what do you think came after the virtual boy in 1996 there's a lot of trivia going on right now <laughs> oh, there's a lot of video game trivia today we haven't even gotten to my other piece of paper yet yay, yay. so joss i want you to think about we have we have every single Nintendo system that is a home console. Yeah, but they're in the other room. <laughs> but create your mental image. We've gone through the NES, the SNES, the Virtual Boy. What was the next jump? GameCube? No. Oh. Nintendo 64. Oh, I'm an idiot and I'm going to get so much crap for not remembering yep. that Nintendo 64 exists. So the Nintendo 64 released in 1996. Where would you put it? What do you think? I mean, I forgot that it existed, so I'm just I'm gonna I'm already in trouble on this one. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's D. D tier? 
you they D tier. They backed so many. So, so thank you for tuning in to Nostalgia Junkies. We will have Brent. I'm kidding. <laughs> Please D-tier. come back, Brent. <laughs> D tier. Wow. Well, no, because well, correct me if I'm wrong, because we could this could knock it up, but the systems that came after could play Nintendo 64 games. No. They couldn't. So the Switch can uh-huh. because they now have like the Switch home console on there. I thought that the cartridges still worked in like. So you, you thought the Nintendo 64 cartridges worked in a GameCube that is a disc operated system? Shut up. <laughs> no. So, okay. I, I would agree with, <laughs> I would agree with that, that component of that. The N64, it sucked in the capacity of that. It was the end of a cartridge era. Yeah. I will say the jump that happened from like the Nintendo Entertainment System to the Super Nintendo, where like that you went from like 8-bit to 16-bit graphics. Yeah. We saw the same thing with that 16-bit to 64-bit with the N64, the 3D gaming, like Super Mario 64, yeah. Donkey Kong 64, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Banjo-Kazooie. That's right. Bomberman Hero. Like that 3D gaming finally became a reality. It wasn't that orthogonal, which is like that semi overhead, but also a diagonal plane. Oh, yeah. It gives me a headache whenever I, I look at it. I struggle with orthogonal gaming. N64, it actually kind of, you could do like first person views in Mario and Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Like Mario Kart 64, huge jump from Super Mario Kart. I think that the advances that happened at the N64 should at least afford it i would say b if not a tier oh wow okay i, I, I feel will very strongly about that. i will concede i i'm i'm gonna put it in b tier solely because you're right it was the end of a cartridge era mm-hmm. but there's a vast game library that's on there and one thing that we didn't start to talk about yet is the variety of systems that came out with the n64 with, with your super nintendo you had your Super Ni- regular Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and then the Super Nintendo Junior. I'm oh. sure there's some system I'm forgetting where they like modded it a little bit. But with your N64, you had your regular black one. You had the Toys R Us Gold Series. You had the Hey You Pikachu. You had all of the yeah. Fantastic Series. There, there are so many varieties that it started opening up video game collecting to video game console collecting. Hmm. And okay. that's why I, I love the N64. I think it's honestly just even an awesome decoration piece. Yeah, it is a really fun piece to show off. Mm-hmm. I like our Pikachu boy. So after the N64, you actually have already said the name of the system. GameCube. GameCube. Because I haven't said anything else. And the GameCube was released in 2001. That's so weird. I feel like it should have still been in the 90s. but <laughs> Really? I, I was thinking that it was later. I didn't realize that we were eight years old when the system came out. I mean, that tracks. I guess I just forgot what year was when we were eight. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I feel like when I think of like I was eight, I'm like, oh yeah, I was the mid nineties. So no, you were we were infants at that point. It was crazy, but yeah. So the GameCube, S through F, where does GameCube go? And I'm judging you with this one. Yeah, I know. I've been judged with all of them. <laughs> um, see, see, yeah, that's when we started to really get complicated. Um, Jocelyn, 
complicated uh, controllers. The, okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I will die on this hill. The GameCube controller is no different than an Xbox controller or a PS2 controller. It has the two analog sticks and the four buttons. So what if they're not in a perfect diamond? The GameCube was the peak design for a controller. Peak design for a controller. C tier. C tier. Like, please tell me you, you mean a serious tier that begins with an S and not a crappy tier that begins with a C. For a GameCube, arguably one of the best systems of all time. And it's arguably because I'm arguing with you on this. <laughs> the GameCube, not only a decently sized library, not the biggest, good quality games. Mm -hmm. Almost every single game on the GameCube is a decent quality game. Now, granted, there are some there are some crappy ones. Like every system has their, their fair share of crap. You're, you mean to tell me Mario Kart Double Dash Super Mario Sunshine, <laughs> Sonic Riders, Metroid Prime, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, Super Smash Brothers Melee, C tier. Okay, maybe, maybe A. Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball 2, Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Did you just memorize Sonic it? Heroes. Am I going to be Shadow the Hedgehog, mm. Mario Party 7. Are you done? NBA. Hoops. I said I conceded. NFL Street. Super Mario Strikers. Mario Power Tennis. I said I conceded. Super Mario Baseball. Okay, I'm done. But <laughs> this just goes to my point that the GameCube is a phenomenal system. Besides the fact we haven't even gotten to the Pokemon Coliseum game, Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, and Quite honestly, my favorite feature of the GameCube, which we feature on our TikTok and Instagram quite often, the Game Boy Player. Oh, yeah, that's fun. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that's fun. That is how <laughs> we describe that. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Uh-huh. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I love the Game Boy Player. It is, it really, you're now able to take games that are a, you know, a one and a half inch screen and blow them up. And we blow them up on a 65 inch flat screen. Yeah. And they don't look half bad. They look amazing. Mm -hmm. I would argue that the GameCube is an S tier system. Oh, it is an S tier system. C tier, C tier, my ass. <laughs> S tier. Please comment on what you believe. This specific system, the GameCube. Only on GameCubes, and all That's I it. want is just a straight-up list of GameCube games that I have not listed yet. No, I want... I want no context. I only want GameCube games in the comments. I want the tier that you want it to be at and, like, your reasoning. Paper Mario, A Thousand Year Door. Okay, the game cannot be the reason for... The game system being the tier that it is. I disagree with that. I agree and disagree. I mean, how would you rank the system if there are no games on? I mean, that's true, but the issue she is She said also, it's true. That's all we need, folks. That is not all that you need. There is more to 
a game system being ranked than just the games that are on it. How about a compromise? Half an S, half an A. <laughs> sure. I'll be honest. I think that your C tier opinion, I think it was from an uninformed level. I think it was too. And I, and I think I'm, I think if you were to actually play the GameCube, you would appreciate it a lot more. We were eight when the GameCube came out, right? Mm-hmm. It did not make its way into the households of the people that I was with until I was like 10, 11. Now, did they end up having a Wii? Soon after, yeah. Then you had a GameCube. I, I will say this. In regards to the Wii, I did not realize that the Wii would play GameCube games. Mm-hmm. until I sold all of my GameCube games and my GameCube to buy said Wii. Oh, no. I had, I had, so here's the thing. I sold my GameCube and was buying the Wii and then realized that, well, I'm not going to have a system to play this on. So I'm like, oh, I'll sell all the GameCube games to yeah. buy some Wii games. And then realized about four weeks later that the Wii does play GameCube games. Now, I could have saved all them. Had they marketed the fact that the Wii could play GameCube games? Probably. Or was it just like a... But I want you to think about your attention marketing span? for video game consoles versus marketing for video games. Yeah, video game consoles is just look at all these new games that you can play, not exactly. look at the backlog of games that you can play. Yes, yeah, so they were really hyping up the new games and not the fact that you could, hey, play all these old games. You mean like Wii Sports? Yeah, I will say Wii Sports is it's by great. far one of the best games. Ah, fantastic. The invention of Miis, I love it. I hated the Miis. Really? I, I think they look creepy. Okay, so I would actually open up the Mii menu on the Wii channel, like the Mii channel on the Wii. Yeah. And have it playing in the background and do homework. That that was my, yeah. studies, okay. my study music. Why do you think I listen to lo-fi, like chill hop well, all the time? I mean... It, it's understandable because lo-fi chill hop is perfect for studying, but... So where would you put the Wii on a tiering system? Oh, man, I wish that you would just answer this question first. You want me just to put it? Yes, because I'm, I like, I'm terrible with the rankings. I, okay, so I would say if we put the GameCube at like the SA rank, the Wii then has to be at an A rank. Because it carries over all the qualities of the GameCube. I would say AB. AB? Yeah, because the thing that I remember the most with the Wii was this having such an issue with the receiver bar. And the, okay. the, the controller is not being quite powerful enough to connect all the time. I agree with that. I'm going to throw so. in one thing that might bump it up to A rank. One game. Rock Band. Oh, man. Rock Band, Guitar Hero. They like I I think that's true because you didn't really need the receiver. You need the receiver to get into the games, mm -hmm. but then it was just you just go to town. So next system, the Wii U, which basically did everything that the Wii does, but had like the prototype switch screen. I never played it. I mean, you have one. I have one. Here. I'll be honest. I've never played it. Yeah. I, well, that's a lot. The only thing that I've done on the Wii U is I used the the, the, the Nintendo eShop to buy a bunch of the old Game Boy games mm -hmm. and then just play the Game Boy games on the Wii U. Yeah. That's it. That, that's all I've used it for. And Can that be like a C or a D? Honestly, I was going to say straight up D tier for the Wii U. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth a little bit because, you know, I, I made such a case for the GameCube being an S tier system because of the game library. 
And you know, I could do the same thing for the Wii U that could bump it up. I'm not going to. Because all of the good quality games that were on the Wii U have already had ports onto the Switch. Yeah. Like, the, how, how the fact that one of the number one best-selling games consistently on the, on the Nintendo Switch is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which all Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is, is a port of Mario Kart 8 from the Wii U. Hmm. This game has been the best-selling Switch game since 2017. That's crazy. We're talking six years. Yeah. And they finally said, you know what? We're just going to put some DLC in, give you like eight new cups and call it a day. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. Give me eight new cups. Because there's nothing that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe needs to change. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather pay 20 bucks for some DLC instead of $60 for a whole new game. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. I would say D tier for the Wii U. Unlike the Wii U, the GameCubes have not gotten ports. They just started moving some of the stuff. Like, Metroid Prime just got a re-release. Fast on the Wii U needs to stay D tier. It, oh, I, I would almost I don't say have any issue with that. Wii U is Virtual Boy quality. And then there's one more system. Switch. The Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch. I love it. Released in 2017. I love it. On the count of three, we're just going to say a letter. Okay. S, S through F. Okay. One, two, three. S. I was going to say A. You didn't you didn't say it on the count of three. <laughs> Why do you hate it? Why, Why do I, you hate it so much? I said S. You said F. S. You said F. I said S. I will rewind the tape. I said S. Your ability to hear is F tier. <laughs> it was an S. I will say S and F do sound very similar. I would say the Nintendo Switch is top tier quality. Yeah, it's now, very good. You do need to pay. I would say for it to achieve that, you got to pay quality, through the nose. You got to pay for the family plan mm-hmm. or for the Nintendo Prime subscription, whatever it's called. Yeah, because you get the NES emulator, the SNES emulator, and the N sixty four in the Sega Genesis. You literally get four home consoles in one. And you're getting the best of the best of their libraries. Yeah. Plus features that were not available. Like you can start Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo Mm -hmm. at the final boss with infinite lives with only like one gun. And like they do random little fun Easter eggs. Yeah. And I think just that alone, before you get to the immense library. Oh, it's a crazy library. And it's, it's also because the way that the Switch is developed. The same way that you can have homebrew games like how Steam does for the mm-hmm. computer, you can do it with a Switch as well. Yeah. No, I, I really like the Switch. I think I was only giving it an A um, because of the price point to access those features. Like it doesn't feel like as affordable as it could be. Does that make sense? Like every game that you get is like, so 40 to 60 bucks. The price per game. Price per game. But then, like you said, all the ways that you have, like, that you could subscribe to make it even better. I, I, um, whereas, like, old systems, you bought the system and then you bought the games. Agreed. So, However, the average price per game from the 80s and 90s to now has only increased by, like, maybe 5 to 10 bucks. 
Yeah, but I guess I'm more talking about the subscription part of it. I And I, I would agree with that. Like, you know, you don't buy the full game anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have a huge problem with that. Like, you're not buying the game within the post game. You buy the game and then they release the post game later if you pay an extra 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with that. However, I think the quality of what you're getting, not for all games, but for some games, it's a much better experience. Okay. That's fair. I but like the portability. I, I do like that. And I mean, we, we could sit here and all for all night and go, for every pro, we can find a con. Yep. But I think solely based upon the four home consoles and the fact that, oh, they all I forgot. There's also the Game Boy Library and the Game Boy Advance Library as well. Oh, it's, yeah. It's technically six. Like, you're getting a lot, and they've already worked on porting over the GameCube games as well. Like, we had Metro Prime remastered. Which Soon was the, the Switch GameCube is going to be... I, I think it's eventually going to pull every single game from history. Yeah. Or never not from history, but at least every single console. Maybe not the Virtual Boy, but I'd say every console. Our next section, I have listed the top three rated games and the top three best-selling games for the NES, the SNES, the N64, and the GameCube. One thing I did do, I excluded any game that was a pack-in game. So, like, for example, Super Mario World, Super Mario All-Stars on the SNES were pack-in games, and they're not going to be included in this list. I'm going to read you one of the lists, and I want you to determine if you think it was the best rated game or the best selling game. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Do you want me to do NES first? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these three games. I want you to determine if these were the best rated or best selling games. Okay. Tetris, Super Mario Brothers 2, and Legend of Zelda. Best selling. They were the best selling game. The best selling game on the original NES? Tetris. Was Tetris. Yeah. How crazy is that? Puzzles. Hey, do you know what the best rated game was? No. Super Mario Brothers 3. Hey. My favorite game of all time. Yes. And what's funny, it's actually the next best-selling game, or sorry, best rated game, was Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda was the only game on the NES that was in the top three for rated and selling. Hey, that's pretty cool. So for the Super Nintendo, we have... Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Chrono Trigger, and Super Metroid. Best rated. Those are the best rated games. So what's funny is that actually one of the best selling games, actually the best selling game that was not a packing game for the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. Tetris. <laughs> Tetris was the best selling game for both the Super Nintendo See, and the Nintendo. People love Tetris. I was going to say, that doesn't surprise me. If you had started out the list again with Tetris, I would have said best-selling again because that was why people love Tetris. That was why I didn't do it. Ready for the next one? Yep. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, and Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Top selling. Top rated. Top rated? Top rated. Nice. Excluding packing games, the best-selling games were Mario Kart 64, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Super Smash. Oh. Legend of... Actually, out of at all the systems that I looked up, so the Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, N64, and GameCube, Legend of Zelda was the only game to be the both best-selling and best-rated in the top three. That's pretty cool. Which, I mean, I think it really speaks to the franchise. I wish I was more of a Zelda fan, but I'm not. And finally, GameCube. 
Super Smash Brothers Melee, Mario Kart Double Dash, and Super Mario Sunshine. Best selling or best rated? Best selling. Best selling. Best rated were Paper Mario and the Thousand uh, Thousand Year Door, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, and Metroid Prime. It was the Melee. Melee game. Everybody away. loves the Melee. Everybody loves the Melee. Which is funny because I would have thought it would make it best rated, but it was it nope. was best selling. It was, it was pretty high. It was like top five of best rated. That's good. So now that we've talked a lot about the different video game consoles and the different video games and we quizzed you, I really just quizzed you. <laughs> we are finally going to get into our 90s trivia. for the I evening. feel like this whole podcast has been trivia, but that's just I, me. I will say this podcast was supposed to be much more conversational about like childhood memories around Nintendo. Yeah. But unfortunately... You're a sub tonight that has not really played <laughs> I Nintendo. I grew up with Sony. I'm so sorry. A little Sony shit. <laughs> Do you want to go first with your question? Yes, I will introduce the trivia. Ready? First question. What reinvention by Nerf used manually pressurized air to shoot water with great power and range? Was it the super slow car? Uh, it was. I thought it was appropriate as we go into warmer weather. Hmm. Which move was not something you could do on the original Bop It? Pull it, twist it, bop it, push it. Push it. Push it is correct. Push it. Push it. We'll save that for salt and pepper. (laughs) All right. I'm going to read you three hints and you have to tell me who this person is. Okay. Okay. I was a civil rights icon in South Africa. I was imprisoned for political offenses for 27 years. After my release, I was elected president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. Nelson Mandela. Yes. 90s spelling bee. Just spell the name. You're going to get two tries. You ready? Mm -hmm. So I know you like to get down, but do you get up again? Because you are going to be spelling Chumbawamba. C-H-U-M-B-A- W-U-M-B-A. Very close, but incorrect. You want to try again? You were you were literally one. Miss, you were one letter off. I missed the M. You were one. Nope. You were you had you had enough letters, but you had one incorrect letter. Oh, then I don't know what it might be. So it's C H U M B A W A M B A. What? You said W U. MBA. Yeah, Wumba. It's technically Chumba Wamba. Ew, I don't like that at By all. By the Tub Thumpers. I don't like that. That's it's. Uh, you don't have to like it, but it's what it is. All right, you get you get to choose. Do you want pink or blue on this one? Pink. It's easy for you. I'll say that the other one would have been more difficult. Then do the blue. Oh, are you sure? You asked me a question. <laughs> Well, I'll give you the difficult question now. Oh, my God. Which movie does not star both Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so much. Give me the pink card. <laughs> okay. What are my options here? I'll give you the pink card after because it's easy and I feel like you'll get it. You've got mail. Joe versus the volcano. French kiss. 
and Sleepless in Seattle. Joe versus the Volcano. No. French Kiss. I don't know. I, I've only seen You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> yep. French Kiss. I don't think I've ever heard of Joe versus the Volcano, though. That was why so. I chose it. <laughs> what was the pink one? All right. Who wore braces, Beavis or Butthead? <laughs> I, I know it's all with the brown hair. Is it, is it named Beavis? No. It was Butthead. It was Butthead. Yeah, I can I can never remember which one's what who's who. <laughs> but I, I know which one it was. What color was the original PlayStation console? Gray. Correct. What color is the P on the PlayStation logo? It's multicolored. Come on, Sony Kid. No, the P specifically. Oh, blue? No. Red. It's red. It's red. It's red. Yeah, Holy on, crap. Sony that Kid. took like way that. too long. Oh, that was sad. I know. Was sad you're to wildly, watch. wildly I disappointed. You had to all, I'll hear that because it was hard to watch. <sighs> I wish that I had more to contribute, but I feel as though it was, it was fun. You guys will just have to tell us where you would rank all of those systems anyway. So let us know where you would put all the Nintendo systems on an S tiered ranking system in the comments below. Hit us up on Instagram, you know, messages on TikTok. Let us know where you would put all those systems and just, you know, specifically tell us why the GameCube is an S tiered system. Because the GameCube is the peak gaming system. I mean, think about it. They parried it in Drake and Josh with the orb. Okay. Not remember the Game Sphere? No, I don't. Wasn't that in Drake and Josh, the Game Sphere? I feel like it was. But it was like something that Megan stole. Yeah, it was like totally a Nickelodeon thing. The yeah. Game Sphere. That tracks. Yeah. But. but I've been Alex. And I'm still Jocelyn. And thank you for tuning in to Nostalgia Junkies. Bye. So, folks, thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.